Hey guys, welcome to the first ever episode of the This is Moonland podcast. My name is Daniela and I will be your host. If you have already clicked on this podcast, you probably already know what Moonland is, but if you don't, you will know in, by the end of this episode. For our first ever episode, our guest is Miguel Palencia, better known as Mike. He's Moonland's founder and also the COO and co-founder at Quantum Chain Foundation. He has over nine years of experience in blockchain technology and 16 years of experience in server administration and Linux development. His blockchain experience has allowed him to take part in conferences and meetings all over the world with medium and large companies. Mike has developed block explorers and mining pools among many proof-of-concept blockchain platforms and tools over the years. On this episode, we will be talking about Mike's career in the blockchain, how video games will support the adoption of blockchain technologies, and the story of how he decided to start the creation of Moonlight. Okay, Mike, so welcome to the This is Moonland podcast. So before we dive in into everything Moonland Matter, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your career. I know like in the brief introduction that I did about yourself, it falls a little bit short in all the things you've done in this space. So yeah. Thank you, Vanilla. Like, like, like you mentioned, yeah, I've been in the crypto space for quite some, quite some time. I've been uh, for nine years in crypto. I started out as a miner back in 2013 and um, started with setting up my, my own small mining farm, which eventually grew. And I had some mining pools and I started playing around with the technology and just got, I got hooked up into crypto and started working with some Chinese partners with some mining farms in China. And, um, you know, as time passed, you know, the, um, the whole 2013, 2014, 20, 2015 bear market happened. We started thinking about doing more with the technology, we started realizing that there was a lot more capabilities to it other than just uh, doing basic transactions, which is what everyone was doing back in like, back in those days. So by that time, we started thinking about different ideas and we came up with this incubator in China called Bitsy. So Bitsy um, was formed by three people that had been in blockchain for some time. But one of them actually had some experience um, in the retail business, especially in the luxury brand businesses. And uh, we started thinking about ideas on what to do. And the first one was called Vichain. So Vichain is a solution uh, that uses blockchain in, for traceability, anti-piracy. And the first thing that we realized when we did the first event for Vichain was that uh, um, this was originally focused just to for a luxury brands, but, uh, but it grew after, you know, a lot more brands and a lot more use cases came up for reaching in the future. We just started with the original idea with the luxury brands, but as time passed and we were using it and people were using it, we started realizing there was a lot more that we could do with it. So when we did the first launch for reaching, that was in 2016, it was with a a uh, fashion brand called Baby Ghost in China that was done in Shanghai. Um, you know, we, we had like a fashion show with all the models and we gave each model a phone. The phone had the Viching app installed. It was like a very early version of the, of the Viching app. And we started realizing that they were scanning each other's clothes and just sharing everything that they were doing on social media. So they eventually we could see that, you know, they were um, not just using the, the app itself to scan to verify and to like make sure that this is a legit brand and 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 and, and gives you like 
all the information about the product you're scanning, but it, it was also connecting people to the products. So everything was done on Chinese social media. So we go, we chat. So that, that was probably the only downside of it because that would have been great to have on something like Twitter. And but it was a great way to see where blushing could go in many ways. Uh, we knew that blockchain was the future, but it was the first time that we could actually see with our, with our own eyes. So, of course, we invested a lot more resources and, and started going for bigger brands. And we ended up in, in France, in Paris, so physically. I mean, we worked with some of the biggest uh, luxury brands. I really can't give names out there because a lot of them are still under NDA because of the, you know legal, legal stuff. But... If you actually check out some of those luxury brands and you check the tags on the clothes, you will see a small NFC chip. It's the same thing we were doing back then. And um, we started working with the LVMH incubator in Paris. And we were part of this amazing group of uh, you know developers and entrepreneurs. And we still are. And we also did some pilots for milk traceability, wine traceability, and it just got big. Like the wine traceability brand is called um, Pifarot is a, is a very, very old brand, very traditional brand in, in, in France. They're from the, the Lyon area and they shipped to China. So that was the great way to prove how we could use VeChain and blockchain to trace wine bottles from the manufacturing to the store. So that, that was amazing because we, we were able to trace something that was manufactured in France shipped to China, imported into Shanghai by DIG, which is like the customs in Shanghai, and then sold at every single retail store. So people only, all they had to do was just scan, just to scan the QR code on the bottle and they could see the whole story about each one of the bottles. It was amazing. It was a really cool use case. But as time passed and we got bigger, we realized that um, we had some technical issues. Technical issues were mostly related to being built on Ethereum. So as we had more data inserted into the blockchain, Ethereum blockchain started to get uh, issues with gas. The gas got too expensive, difficulty bumps hit sometimes. So sometimes the block could take too long to process. Transactions were very slow. So we need, we, re, we realized that right there that we needed to scale. We need to scale up and, and we had to do it quickly. So that's where Quantum came in. Came in. We thought about doing a new blockchain not designed from scratch. We didn't do a blockchain design from scratch because we wanted to stay decentralized. We wanted to stay on a stable platform, proven platform like Bitcoin is. And that's where we decided to fork Bitcoin, modify it to, be, to make it faster, more efficient than it already is. Bitcoin is an amazing code. It's, it, is, it still is. It still is the, the best built blockchain out there. It's 100% decentralized, it's scalable, it's designed to be secure. It's designed to be stable. So we built on that. And we added the EVM from Ethereum, which is a lot of work. We actually took uh, about a year to finish Quantum itself. Uh, it took a long time because we needed to build stuff that hadn't been done before. Most of this was just groundbreaking for everyone. A lot of people thought that we couldn't do it. And of course, it was, uh, it was, it was a lot of effort, but eventually we got it going. And we built something that uh, account extraction layer. The account extraction layer is able to translate everything that you write uh, in smart contract code, which is Solidity, 
it translates everything that's uh, executed by the EVM to something that the Bitcoin blockchain could understand. So we did this with Quantum. We were the first use case using a UTXO model that's based on Bitcoin with proof of stake that could actually execute code. So, you know, um, we also designed Quantum to be to be a future proof. We wanted we needed it to be to, to be like a green blockchain and not depend on on proof of work, which is mining. One of the reasons for that is that mining wasn't really using up a lot of power. And we knew that eventually in the future, uh, it would get a lot of attention, you know, by uh, uh, environmentalists, uh, government agencies, and something like quantum can run on anything, even on Raspberry Pi. It just basically less powerful than your cell phone right now. And it's amazing that you can run an, an entire blockchain on something so small. But, um, you know, as time passed, we started, uh, we launched Quantum and uh, we initially, one of our mistakes with Quantum was that we focused too much in the Asian market, specifically China. One of the biggest things that affected us was the 2017 ICO ban in China, which was around September. Then this ban actually affected us in a way that we had the Chinese government telling us, you have to stop marketing, stop everything right now. The only thing that we didn't have to stop was development, but everything that would have to do with community, with uh, marketing, everything had to be stopped and we had to refund everyone or at least offer the refund. So we did, we had to shut down channels that had 50,000 members, 80,000 members with so many different channels in all of the Asian, a Asian markets that had to be stopped all of a sudden. And of course that affected us. And um, no one took us up on the uh, refund offer. No one wanted it. No one wanted their, their ICO money back. No one cared about it. They just wanted their quantum tokens and, and continue on being a part of the project. So, you know, with the 2018 bear market hit, most of the projects from 2017 that have been already affected by this uh, Chinese government ruling just disappeared. They just, you know, went bankrupt. But we thought about quantum as a long-term long-term project we never thought about quantum as, a, as like a get wish quick scheme we wanted we wanted it to be something for the future something that can still be used 20 years from now so we continue to build we continue to improve it eventually we made it fast enough um to have a 32 seconds per block transactions and we had a lightning network support to it without a segwit now now with quantum you can actually get up to um over 10,000 transactions per second if you combine everything and instant transactions with the Lightning Network. So, and it's still improving. It's still improving because of stuff like the Metaverse and Web3. That's the future. Those are two technologies that are, that are going to be directly benefited by blockchain, but not not the way it is right now. Uh, if you've seen recently, there has been so many hacks, so many uh, broken platforms that just stop for no reason every single month because they're they were not properly designed to be stable so we always thought about that and we continue to build on it and right now we're building something on quantum we're building something that's a mix of layer two and layer three layer two will be the next step in blockchain it will make everything faster instant transactions lower gas fees or no gas fees in some blockchains including quantum and layer three will bring it to another level. It will make it even faster and support up to 50 million transactions per day, which takes us to the same level as Visa.
So when you get that, you can you can have a platform that can support big events, big events where you have millions of users doing their daily their daily their daily lives, daily transactions, and um, a video game. The video game concept has evolved a lot in this in recent years. If you look at something like Fortnite, Fortnite is completely different from you know what video games used to be 10, 15 years ago. They're actually proving that a, a small economy can be built inside a video game. Well, right now, Fortnite's limitation, so to speak, is um, that most of their tokens are just in-game tokens. You can't really take out, out anything from the game. So that's where Moonlight came in. Moonlight is actually not such a new idea. Initially, the concept, I, I thought about something like Moonland, at least some parts of it, uh, back in 2018. 2018, um, you know, I was, I went and watched this movie called uh, Ray Player One. And, uh, you know, in, in Ray Player One, you could see that, you know, the gamers um, were inside the cyberpunk world where everyone was like a VR player and everyone was just competing for whatever, you know, pennies they could get out of a video game. If you, if you were actually good, you could earn some decent money. So that was play to earn. Play to earn before play to earn was even a phrase. And that was a great concept. And one of the concepts that hit, that, that hit me the most was that players could have their items shipped to their houses. It would be like, it would be amazing, you know, for any, any gamer, any collector to be able to buy something inside a video game and have it shipped to their house, whatever it is. But then we could take another step further. Uh, so in, in, initially, uh, the Moonlight idea was supposed to be like a multiplayer online RPG game. It, it didn't have any name. I was actually thinking of something like, uh, and maybe we'll end up doing this anyway, <laughs> was actually thinking of something like, uh, like an ancient Egypt, ancient civilizations project, uh, and using blockchain technology for uh, stats traceability, which allow you know, let's say that you start with a basic weapon like a sword, and as you progress through the game, the sword gets bigger and stronger. You slay a dragon with this with this sword, and everyone in the player gets a notification that you did it, and you get like an engraving with the date, the name of the of the boss you defeated, and people could act or could actually offer money. For this one because you could auction it on, on a market if you want to you could have it shipped to your home solutions are you know many options we're actually still starting those options 3d printing and whatnot but the concept was very strong most of the technology was in there back in 2018 but i knew it was possible and and in, in recent years thanks uh you know to quantum's own improvements and web3 coming up uh, as big as it is right now, that's this is the right moment to start something like Moonlight. Moonlight is not designed to be. I was about to ask you, like, once you were like, first of all, like, thank you for sharing this. I think it's as someone who's who's been in this space for, I think, a year, and it feels like way more than a year. You know, like in this space, like, time goes by like in a year. There's like so many years inside of it. Um, I can only imagine how it feels you that you've been in this game for so long. So yeah, it's super interesting listening to this. And yeah, I was about to ask you about like how this Moonland enters the equation after Quantum and you just answer that. So so yeah, why why Moonland? Like what what made your interest go to the gaming side of things? Well, um I've been a gamer most of my life. I don't have 
as much time as I used to when I was a kid. But you know, I always had um, you know these uh, daydreams about specific stuff I wanted to see in video games and never actually got to see them. And some of them we actually did. Like online gaming, I was thinking of something like online gaming back in early 1990s. I was thinking like, wow, what if, there, there was this um, football soccer game called Goal in Nintendo, the first Nintendo, and, and I was actually really good at it. And I, w- I was thinking like, what if I could play with my cousins in the States? You know, I was in Barranquilla and I wanted to play with them from Miami. So, you know, that kind of thing, of course, didn't exist. The internet even didn't exist, but that, those ideas were always like floating around. And that's, uh, I, I, think, I think gaming was one of the things I always wanted to chase. And not just because of that, but let's just say that this is like, a, it's an easy way for blockchain adoption. Um, when, you get, when, when you get into something like decentralized finance, decentralized finance is a very powerful use case. There's, there's billions of dollars there every single day and billions of dollars lost in DeFi. You know, all, all of the protocols that failed and that are still failing. And that's going to be an issue with regulators. Regulators in every single country are watching DeFi. Because eventually these platforms become a bank. You're holding people's money. You're giving them interest rates. You know, you're giving them a specific APY. So in a way, people think that you invest or you put your money into those platforms and you're going you're gonna to get a return. This is going to be an issue. This will be an issue, especially if these platforms, if these solutions are built on a blockchain platform that uh, is centralized. When is a blockchain platform centralized? When the developers, when the, let's call them the owners or the main participants of a blockchain can decide what happens on it, can stop it. If you can stop a blockchain, it's, it's just centralized. It's essentially a glorified database. If you can reverse a transaction, it's centralized. It's not, it's not a real blockchain. A real blockchain by design is what Bitcoin and Ethereum are. Bitcoin and Ethereum were designed to be completely decentralized. Bitcoin goes to, to some extent that Bitcoin's founder is a ghost. You know, he disappeared many years ago, never returned. That's probably the best thing that could happen to Bitcoin because once once the founders, once the uh, original developers just abstract themselves from the platform and let, let the community build, that makes it decentralized. But Quantum, Quantum by technology itself is completely decentralized as well. We're still working on ways to make it 100% decentralized and not depend on anything that has to do with the Quantum Foundation. The Quantum Foundation still funds uh, development and we, we are still incentivizing developers um, for building on Quant. We want more people to build on it because once once the community uh, basically manages everything that has to do with, with, uh, with software development for the blockchain, then then it will be 100% decentralized. But by design, Quant has no uh, value or nodes. There's no central node. Every node is equal. Every node can stake. Every node can participate. No one can stop the blockchain. No one can reverse the transaction. So that's that's one of the main reasons that we design Quantum and that we want to use Quantum for these kind of solutions like Moonland. And of course, Quantum will also benefit Web3, uh, especially when, once we release Layer 3 and Layer 3 solutions. Um, so going back, going back to Moonland, uh, the idea itself 
for video games was that you know video games themselves won't be affected so much by regulations of course once you build an economy you have to be careful in how you handle things and that's one of the reasons why we don't want to use centralized blockchains even if they're faster shinier and you know the cool new kid on the block because that's essentially what it is uh, every few months a hot new product comes in everyone goes after it but once you look at the technology most of the times they're just centralized and nothing centralized will, will, will last eventually uh, all of the centralized solutions will have to be replaced that's just my view but uh i believe that we'll, we'll see a lot of that in the next two three years well that's that's amazing it, it makes me really excited the fact that boom is going to be building into quantum 2 and and the future of gaming it's it's going towards blockchain so i think that's something like gamers are gonna have to start adopting and we're gonna see that a little bit more in the gaming side of things i wanted to jump a little bit out of the whole development blockchain side of things since something that moonland takes a lot of pride in is first of all we're a game and there's a storyline behind it and people are gonna fall in love with that storyline so yeah basically i wanted to go more towards the creative side of things and i wanted you to start like talking about a little bit about moonland history which we know in the marketing side of things is something that's going to really attract and make people fall in love not just with the fact that moonland is building quantum and that all the amazing things you said but also that it has a story like any other video game and even if you're a gamer and you don't know anything about um crypto or blockchain or anything you can fall in love with the video game so so yeah you can go ahead and tell us a little bit about the story of moonland yeah, Mulan, Mulan's idea was born last year in August. Um, I was in, I was at the Kennedy Space Center. Uh, you know, just went for a quick tour. I was in Orlando and just decided to go for, to the Kennedy Space Center. And um, you know, I was doing the whole tour and everything, and started thinking about different stuff, like different ideas, and just trying minor things on my phone. But I didn't have like anything clear to do with it, and then eventually I ended up in the Apollo, the Apollo section where there's a big Apollo 11 replica and uh, all of the moon landing things, and that's when I just like I just like moved to one corner of the whole thing and just started looking at it at everything. I just started writing. I just started writing, and uh, originally I was thinking of doing like a very scientific version of Moonland, which was uh, based on the CGI map that NASA has on their website. They have this CGI map, high resolution map that can can be 3D model easily. And they marked all of the different different items from the Apollo landings and, and make them NFTs. That was the original idea. And I didn't have, it didn't have any name, so I would just continue to write and just continue to write. And I, and I just walk a little further past the restaurant, and then there was the Moonlander right there showing the moon. There. They had this show, um, this place where the Moonlander is on top of the of the moon, and that's where the name they, where the name came in. It was just it just hit me and was like Moonlander. Oh my god, that sounds that sounds awesome. So that's that's where the name came in. So. That night, um, you know, I went back to the hotel and I talked to one of my friends in China. I, I shared the idea with him and and I asked him, like, what do you think? He was like, oh my God, this is crazy. You have to do it. <laughs> so it, it actually changed. It actually changed because a couple of days after I thought, 
all this this scientific version sounds cool but i want it to be something that gets extremely popular that you know that has a, that has science but that's a lot more fun and that is more engaging so that's where, where moonline started to shape into what it is right now which is a it's a strong mix of different concepts you know you have concepts from uh, animal crossings here from animaniacs um you know some of the <laughs> the old warner brothers cartoons and um you know video games like Splatoon. all of this uh combination of different concepts different art styles and you know you've seen some of some of the designs and and the concept artists are just taking this to another level uh it doesn't look like any video game i ever seen before it's very like the quality is extremely high but you also get crazy stuff like the crazy taxi that was designed a few weeks ago and this kind of thing makes moonland completely different so yeah, Moonland, Moonland itself will be like a live universe. It won't be like most of the other uh, uh, platforms that are out there that are more focused on just NFTs and investment. Now, Moonland is designed to be fun. You know, we want we want people to walk around and, and just have some crazy stuff happen at any moment. Um, essentially, the backstory of Moonland is that Somehow the humans got in a beef with some aliens and they decided to blow up our moon. And uh, the moon ended up into little pieces around, floating around the, the planet. And most of the humans were just tele teleported to the metaverse. So, um, you know, the entire human race are part of the, of the metaverse. And they have like this cartoonish version of the original humans. And, you know, we're going to have pets and the pets are anything from a small cat to a dragon. You can have a dragon pet if you want. And the pets will grow. Uh, once you have a pet, the pet can can be your companion. You know, you can, you know, having any adventure that you want. You can teleport yourself using a wormhole and show up in another la uh, section of the universe. You can, if you can, you can you can grab a spaceship and just travel, travel with your spaceship around uh the whole moon and metaverse explore and your pet can always travel with you and once you get into battles once you start uh participating in competitions your pet can gain more points as you progress <clears throat> and there's a lot of crazy stuff that's going to happen we partner with this uh gaming company from dubai and they have two video games one is called car racing league the car recently was released in January 20, 2022, uh, but they're doing a relaunch the next few months and they're going for really high quality as well. So we're going to have like a, it's going to be, it, it's going to look like this giant uh, racing arena. And once you enter that arena, you're teleported into the uh, car racing league metaverse. They have their own metaverse. They have their own play to earn platform. So once you go there, you can start playing like a Mario Kart game inside of a metaverse that's in, that's connected to Moonland. So you you would call it it ends up being like a a video game kind of like marketplace because like that's the way that's going to be built for like partnership with other video games, like the the Dubai partnership that you had. Like once you're in Moonland, you're going to be able to play games from other. Yeah, yeah. We want we want to we, yeah, we, we want to allow developers from any any background to build on, on Moonland. Um, Eventually, we'll do something like hackathons. Uh, I'm gonna leave Martin to decide the name of this because gameathon sounds kind of weird, but 
but something like a hackathon where you know developers can uh, come up with some really cool ideas for video games and propose them and you know start you know publishing stuff on moonland of course we're gonna we're gonna um need to do some quality control to make sure that, that the things that are launched on moonland are somewhat stable and that if they're using um some payment solution like some web3 solution that is at least secure and oh that's that's just like a technical part but it will be done it's definitely something that will engage people not just to um you know because it, it, it can combine two worlds that are actually apart right now. Uh, it can combine the gamers world with the crypto world. And I think that this is something that eventually will happen. But the success of Moonland will be very similar, and, and, and the metaverses in general will be very similar to what we've seen before. Um, previous technologies like cell phones, Everyone at the beginning was thinking like, what am I going to do with a cell phone? I don't need a cell phone back in 20 years ago. 15 years ago, no one thought they needed a smartphone. And uh, the next year, actually 20, sorry, well, longer than that, but 2017, uh, 2007 and 2008, people started buying smartphones like crazy, but they were basic smartphones that you needed a, a pen to use it. Um, the touch screens were very limited. and Eventually, the iPhone came out. Came out in I think it was 2008, and once that came out, it started changing things. Most of the people that criticized the iPhone's design for being just a flat screen and have no 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 keypad, no balance, nothing. Everyone that started criticizing it started building on it. They started making their own copies. Most of the ones that copied the, the original iPhone design are still out there. But some of the platforms that didn't do it, like BlackBerry, they wanted to stay with their keypad design. They don't exist anymore. So, so any any technology can become successful once you don't know that you're using it. Once you realize that you're using it without even thinking about it, and you need to you need it for your daily life, or at least you want to use it. Um, that's when it becomes successful. One of the key one of the key successes of the, of the iPhone, I believe, was gaming. Even the original iPhone was able to do better gaming than anyone else. Back then, cell phone gaming was just horrible. And then the iPhone was launched, and I, and I remember when they got the first iPhone, they had this uh, air hockey game in it. And I was just playing with my friends on it, and that was just crazy. <laughs> Everyone just wanted to have it. Then, you know, better apps were built on it, and that's when it became really successful. So that's why we want to bring in developers to bring their own games, because when developers bring in their own games, uh, people will start playing more and spending more time on Moonland, and it will make the platform successful. And it will help the other games. Other other video games can, uh, you know, share, let's say, co-marketing with us and, and share social media experiences and spaces with Moonland. Then, I I, I believe this will make the platform uh, grow exponentially over over the next few years. Well, this is super exciting as you guys already know obviously i'm a part of moonland so i'm super excited about this um and i would say just like a, a closing two i have two closing questions for you you've already said a bunch of exciting stuff but what is like that one thing that excites you most the most about this project the one thing that that excites me more about moonland is that um um it's, it's actually hard to explain but sometimes you're doing something that you know is going to be a success, uh, and 
and the more you're looking into it, you start thinking of more and more and more possibilities that grow around it. So I believe that what excites me the most about Moonlight itself is the endless possibilities that, that are just showing up over and over and over. Moonlight will have shopping malls. Think about it for a second. Right now, everyone's buying um, their stuff online, let's say on Amazon. You go on Amazon.com, use the app, and you have like a flat design. And I shop clothes online. I shop shoes, I shop any type of clothes online. And I don't really like it. I don't like the experience. Why don't I like the experience? Because you're just looking at a picture, a, a 2D picture. There's no interaction with it other than just looking at the picture and hoping to God that it's gonna fit you. But what if what if you could actually what if you could actually take like a 3D version inside a shopping mall or moonland of this, let's say a pair, a pair of Nikes. You have them in your hand and you start looking at them and then you just press like a button on the on the on the pair of shoes and a video shows up next to it and the video shows a model or a or a, uh, or an athlete of any you know any sport wearing the same shoes that you want to buy that changes the whole thing because you can actually see how they look eventually the technology may get to the point where you can let's say try them on maybe maybe why not uh, i don't see any reason not to do it but initially moonlight will be 3d game with a uh, vr technology support uh we we partner with this vr manufacturer in china and shenzhen and we are going to explore a lot of solutions with them both in uh, vr and ar but ar is going to be incredibly big because people will have their own nfts and they will be able to display them on any surface using their mobile phone thanks to AR. And once you have mixed reality, which is the next step, Moonlight's gonna be there too. Moonlight's gonna support mixed reality where you can combine VR with AR. And, and it's, just, it's just going to be insane because people will actually be able to play Moonlight outside of Moonlight, combine both universe and metaverse. It's the possibilities. That's, that's the thing that excites me the most. Well, literally same. Um, since I started working on this project, it's been literally like, it's, I mean, you say metaverse, it's a whole universe of possibilities. Like the fact that you're building something that you could just go in and play and we're going to bring like other projects inside of it. You can literally like have a light inside of it. It's, it's really exciting. And, and yeah, I mean, thank you so much for this, for this space. I think everyone, I mean, I think most of the people that jump into this um, podcast are going to know what Moonland is. But if you guys don't, I'm pretty sure that you guys are going to end up like being as excited as, as, as we are. Thank you. Thank you so much. Very excited. Very, very excited. We're extremely excited to see this happening. So it's basically a dream come true. Okay, guys. So if you really enjoyed this episode, please don't forget to share it in your social media with your friends. And if you want to stay even more in tune with everything that's going on in Moonland, don't forget to join our Discord, which is linked in all of our social media accounts. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok as This Is Moonland Meta, and you can find us on Twitter as Meta Moonland. We have Twitch streams going on every Friday, 1 p.m. PST. You can find us on Twitch like Studio Moonland.